All right, here we go. This is the Rubin Report. I'm still Dave Rubin, and I have a feeling that YouTube may not be thrilled with this episode. So even more reason to subscribe and click that bell so that you actually get notified when the clips come out. And joining me today is the VP of the Trump Organization and the author of the new book, Triggered, Donald Trump Jr. Welcome to the Rubin Report. Good to be with you, buddy. All right, here we go, man. I'm 50-50 I'm on whether this stream is going to be up by the time I finish this very sentence right now. What do you it's think? It's sort of a win either way, right? Yeah. <laughs> if they censor you, we can blow it up and make it go everywhere, and then other people will watch. But it's a shame that we even have to have that conversation, right? It's, it's sort of ridiculous. We're going to get to that, and that actually has a lot to do with what you write about in the book here, about yeah. all the tech censorship and all that stuff. But before we do any of that... Uh, I don't know if you remember, but a couple days you were on The View, that yes. View program on I, I don't ABC. remember that. No, have... one's, no one's mentioned that to me since. Yeah, do you remember that? So there were so many things that happened in that interview that I was like, holy cow, this is everything that I talk about all at once. Yeah. So let's just try to hit a couple things in a row here. So first off, the way the interview started where Whoopi, who I used to really like Whoopi, I think she used to be a decent liberal and now mm. she's kind of gone off the, the progressive deep end. She couldn't even say your name in the intro. She literally yeah. refused to say your name. What, did, what does that feel like when you sit down and you know you're in enemy territory and then the way they treat you before anything has happened? Yeah. Well, listen, it, it obviously shows just how disingenuous the whole thing is first and foremost, right? I mean, they invite you on to talk about your book. Did you hear a question? They, they literally... one, meaning I did three segments. Now, listen, yeah. I'm not a baby, right? Like, I get, like, I'm going to get hit. I get that in that case, you know, there's not even a conservative on my side, give, right, given, Megan, given the Megan's history, there, but you, know, there, and, yeah. you know, Abby Huntsman sort of, but our, you know, like, there's not a lot of personality there for that kind of stuff, so, you know, I get it, I, I get that I'm going into the lion's den, but like, come on, they're going to lecture me about civility, but you have me on for a pretense, the book, you don't ask me a single question about the book, and you refuse to even mention my last name. I was like, you know, this is going wrong real fast, but right. that's so okay. So she, she basically said the, the son of the president, and then she kind of choked out uh, DJT. Don Jr., I think, or Donald Jr., she said. Like she, but yeah. she didn't say, she never said Trump. Yeah. You know, I'm like, that, it's okay. I guess people know, but like... What's the per what does it serve? Yeah, but it does set a certain tone, and that, that's been consistent. I mean, Rand Paul was on there a couple weeks ago 100%. and the way they were treating him. But then a few things happened in a row that I thought were, were pretty interesting. So you started getting hit, and you apparently had done a little research because you turned the question around and said to Joy, you know, Joy, you've been in blackface. Yeah. And now Joy has been in blackface. She has admitted it on The View. Yeah. She immediately said she hasn't. Whoopi then said... Well, I'm a black woman, and I know what blackface is. Now, well, you don't and, and Whoopi, and you supported Roman Polanski, a child well, yeah. rapist. You know, so it's not rape, rape. That's what she I said. Mean, you know, yeah, you're right. Sodomy of a 13, 14 year old girl the, under Quaaludes. You're right. That's not rape, Whoopi. Like, if that's not rape, I don't know what is. Uh, and now you're seeing, by the way, like literally the day after, like it broke. Like some other woman accused him of, yeah, like, you know. So that. is that one rape, rape? Like, I, I just want to make sure we're clear. Uh, but what do you make of the idea that they never get these things turned on them? That, that's yeah, what was so shocking honestly, to me. I, Nobody does it, even though we all know it. Correct. And it, it was funny because I, I see that, I mean, in the last couple of days, just doing these book signings, like even these guys, you know, will come to the book signing and they'll be like, I love what you did on The View. I'm like, what were you doing watching The View? They're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was sort of funny turning right. it around. Right. But, you know, I, I think what it is, honestly, Dave, so many people are used to going on those shows. They have big viewerships. They have big following. They want to get invited back. You know, they're there to pitch something, and as was I. I mean, I didn't just go on there for fun. Right. Uh, you know, they're there to pitch something. So they're, they're so desperate about wanting to be invited back that 
even though it was their 5,000th episode, I don't think anyone's ever pushed back on them. Yeah. You know, they can sort of say it's, it's the view, not views. Right. There's one view, and if you don't have it, uh, you know, they're going to go after you. And so I guess I just sort of took their script on them. And people were like, well, how much did you prep for that? I was like, I didn't prep for that. I literally, I, like, I was like, you know what? Let me have something in my back pocket. If we can have a civil discourse, it's great. If we can talk about it. And again, understanding so truly, that there's going to be So it was not your intention to flip it on. No, I, I, that's did. why I, I sort of held off. But it was like, they went at me so hard. I figured, you know, hey, if I'm on for three segments, okay, hey, we'll talk a little bit. And then they'll get rough. But like, you know, just the opening salvo is just aggressive. Even the conservatives sort of come at you. So I was like, okay, like, game on. Like, I can play. I mean. So I didn't prep, but I went on Google for. I was like, stupidest things ever said on the View. Like, oh, yeah. like whoa! <laughs> like this was this was not like a well-researched, you know, counterattack measure. Yeah, but yeah. like, it's like it was good to have something in my back pocket that shows a lot of that hypocrisy. What does that tell you more broadly about the media, though? That they usually know they can sort of say whatever they want, and I don't mean just Correct. the View hosts, yeah. but basically, sort of all all the lefty media can say whatever they want. You guys just sort of take the hits usually, and then the media then will cover their tracks after. That, that's sort well, of the yeah, game correct. that I think and, and a lot again, of this I mean, book most is about. Most people won't even go because most people are afraid of the confrontation on, on, you know, on a live screen and stuff like that. They're, well, you know, they're, they're concerned. Like me, the difference between me and so many people, like I don't care you know, what the media says. I mean, some of the guys that I, you know, I spend a lot of time with now in politics and stuff, I mean, they've literally had the reporters call back, like, what is it with Don? He just doesn't seem to mind when we attack. I'm like, because I don't. Like, it means absolutely nothing. Where do you like, think that comes? Do you think that's directly from your dad? I, I guess it's just, listen, I've been used to it. Uh, I think there's a genetic component. You know, I sort of joke in the book. I say, you know, it took us probably 41 years to realize that we were much more like each other than you would have thought. You know, with hmm. my hobbies, the outdoors, the this, like my, you know, sleeping on couches in the Midwest. Like, it's not his thing. He doesn't understand that. And so, I think if anyone would have asked us prior to sort of the viciousness of politics, they would have been like, you know, Don's the one that probably least likely. And it was like now it was like, oh, well, they kind of fight the same way. You back us in a corner. You attack us for three years mercilessly. We fight. And, uh, you know, I guess that's the difference. It just doesn't bother me that much. So I, I don't I don't really care what other people think of me. It's never been something that's phased me that much. And so. I'll get my part out, and whatever they say, they say. I don't freak out if I get a bad press. I get bad press every day. Like they try to, you know, anything I do and say can be used against me. I had, I mean, this is relevant because it's literally today Veterans Day. In the book, I wrote. Uh, there's a chapter about sort of the victory, and I say, you know, after two years of sort of that just fighting during the campaign. You know, when we won on election night, like, I was not at all, like, excited about it. It wasn't like, you know, we won a hockey game and it's like, yes, you know, <laughs> right. two hours of... And, you know, yeah, you're more like, it, oh, It was shit. so vicious. So the, the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows, they're so intense. It, it, it wears you down and beats you down. So when we won and they're like, we got it, we, I'm pacing around like a caged animal. Be like, no, no, no. They're, they're going to do something. They're, they're going to take what Hillary said Trump supporters were going to do. They're going to do exactly that. It turned out I was right, right? Meaning they were going to try to contest. They were going to, you know, protest in the streets. They were, that's what she's saying Trump supporters are going to do. Right. They're so not going to accept the results. A hundred percent. So I was there like, no, no, no. Like, I figured this game out now. They're going to do something. So, so when John Podesta got on stage and was like, well, I was like, I was happier about that, even though it meant we were still fighting and it wasn't over. And then I was that we had won, which is a pretty warped reality, but right. again, after what, two what years was that of, night? 
What was that night like, though? When because Hillary didn't concede that night. Well, either. she did. You know, well, she, she did, did later she on that did, night. But this sort was, of didn't. Yeah, yeah, it was sort of a wishy-washy concession. Yeah. And then it was like, let's see if we can pull some recounts. Turns out we actually got more votes than the recounts. But you know, so I wasn't at all psyched. It, it it didn't hit me at you know what we had won and accomplished. So I write a chapter uh, in the book saying when it hit me was literally like two and a half months later, and it was rolling into Arlington, um, and you know for the wreath-laying ceremony. And I was like, I'm not an overly emotional kind of guy. Like I said, I can kind of compartmentalize the hate and just move on. But like, dude, it, it hit me pretty hard. And it, I, we're rolling into Arlington and you see the gravity of the responsibility that is, you know, what my father has to do right now. Like, and he, he, I was so happy then to, the, it all hit me then because he's the guy in charge. I know he's going to be such a good leader. I know he's going to get out of these endless wars and you're seeing it. And like some guy on like left wing, like tries to take like some of it. He compared his sacrifices. I said that everything, all the BS that we've been going through a hundred percent worth it. Cause he's the leader now that we need. And they tried to make it seem as though like I was obviously saying that my sacrifices as a business, as a person over a campaign was the same as the death of Americans. Like I was like, Honestly, I can't even engage because they'll try to build. But like, no reasonable person outside of like left wing and like Vanity Fair and these like loser pubs that will try to take like anything you say and dunk on you. Like, no reasonable human being of the thousands that have reached out to me that love the book. Not one has even thought mm -hmm. that what they're saying I must have meant was what I meant. I don't think any reasonable person was. But that's what they will do, and that's the sickness uh, that is really out there in the media. In a weird way, though, do you guys kind of need that now? Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's sort of become this self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like the media is awful. Everyone watching right. this knows that. They keep doubling down on yeah. lies and, and, and racist and homophobe and all that yeah, nonsense. All, all and we'll, we'll get to yeah, all maybe, that. Yeah. I but wasn't in a weird talking way, with you before we ever got into politics, right? Well, okay, so uh, that, let, let's just do that real quick. I was going to save it to later. But, but about eight years ago, you did my XM show. It was on the OutQ gay channel. I didn't want to be on the gay channel, but they were like, you're gay, we're putting <laughs> you, you, you up. Start separate. somewhere, Dave. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, so I guess I did start somewhere, but but it was separate but equal. You know what I mean? You have an equal radio yeah. channel, but it's the gay channel. But anyway, I, I got in touch with you. You came on the show, and at this time, again, eight years ago, you were for gay marriage. Your dad was not. This is way before he was running for president yeah. or anything. And I asked you about that, and I'm not gonna, you can repeat yeah. what you said, basically. Listen, I, I'm a living, I probably yeah. said something to the effect of, you know what, happy people are productive people. It doesn't bother me at all. No. What, you know, and I, by the way, I'm the same way, frankly, with the trans thing. I spent a chapter on that. But where I draw the line is when it's like, okay, well now, Dave, you can be a woman now and go compete against yeah. women. You know, you have that MMA fighter, something, you know, Fox. It was a man MMA fighter, a male. Okay, transition to female, gets in like the first fight as a female, like breaks the orbital, you know, socket, you know, of a female opponent's skull. I I'm like, I mean, you're a great champion. Like, come yeah. on, man, stop it. Like, they're breaking every woman's world, you know, weightlifting record, every bike. So I finally sort of been like, man, I can be as live and let live as you want, but like, there's, there's a line that we gotta draw. And I sort of feel like today, if you're woke here, like by tomorrow you're all right. It, oh, it, yeah. it's, it's a never ending, you know, goalpost. Like I can't keep up. 
Support for the Rubin Report comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home is so much more than a house, it's your own little slice of heaven. That's why when you find the perfect place for you and your family, getting a mortgage shouldn't get in the way. Imagine how it feels to have an award-winning team by your side through every step of the mortgage process. It's awesome, and it's exactly what you get with Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Their team of mortgage experts is obsessed with finding a better way, which means that their number one goal is to make the home buying process smoother for you. Quicken Loans has helped millions of Americans achieve their dream of home ownership, and when you're ready to purchase the home of your dreams, they can help you too. Their team cares about getting you home. That's why J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination nine years in a row and highest in mortgage servicing six years in a row. When you work with them, you get more than just a loan because Rocket Mortgage is more than just a lender. Get started online at rocketmortgage.com slash Rubin, equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. For J.D. Power Award information, visit jdpower.com. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Push button, get mortgage. And now back to the show. I, I try to see like what they're, t- I want to see the other side. I want to hear the opinion at least and like make up my own mind. But like now it's like, okay, I can buy into this. It's like, well, now that you bought into this, it's all over. We're-. I mean, they did it. The example I use in the book is I talk about, you know, Martina Navratilova. Yep. Great, you know, LGBT activist for 40 years. Like before it was cool. Yeah. Right? Like, been, she came out, one of the great female athletes of all time. We knew her growing up. You know, she had a similar story to my mother escaping Czechoslovakia oh, yeah. and all that stuff. And I was like, she said basically what I was saying. And the left destroyed her. So she could have, the LGBT crowd that she was an activist for, that she was one of the original leaders of, yep. like destroys her as though 40 years of being the greatest supporter in the world for them meant nothing. And they own, you know, so, you know, she has to walk it back. She's owned, she's disgraced. You know, three weeks later, she has to obviously come out against Trump yeah. for like something <laughs> just because that's the penance you pay to get back into like the woke zone. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's weird. Like, she never had anything to say be- about it before. She grew up with us, obviously, you know, but that's how insane it's gotten. And so, again, you know, everyone's like, oh, you're so, t-. I'm like, I'm pretty live and let live, man. Like, but like, yeah. we have to be able to delineate it. And I say it on Twitter and stuff. And what's funny is if I put up anything on Twitter, the hate like flows. Be, I mean, honestly, before anyone could even read the tweet and respond, like <laughs> right, right, 40 right, tweets, right. like, you're it, Just insane. But even then, I, they, I see these guys like, oh, man, yeah, they're saying it. Like, I, I, I can't, I can't believe it. I, I, I'm actually agreeing with Donald Trump Jr. on something. Like, they're taking it so far, yeah. they're even losing themselves. Yeah, it's so interesting because what you're basically saying is that the progressives of tomorrow will hate the progressives of today. Oh, that, yeah. That's I mean, exactly how it works. Correct. I mean, you know, I say, you know, and they like to make fun of it, but I think it's kind of true. Like, John F. Kennedy, the leader of that party for so long, he'd be alt-right today, <laughs> right? But according to their rules and their standards. You know, and that's what it is. I mean, we're not up against, you know, the Democrat Party anymore. They've been taken over by the left. And so when I go around to the Rust Belt and I talk to these people, I always say, like, this is not your grandfather's Democrat Party. They're like, you know, because I see them, oh, Don, you know, we're voting for your dad, but if, you know, if my grandfather knew I was voting for a Republican, you know, he'd be rolling over in his grave. I go, what would your grandfather say about two days? Democrat Party platform. They're like, Yeah, you get oh, that answer oh, pretty quick. Like, the light bulb goes off, and that's when they get it. Like, the, the party, you know, that was for working class Americans, that no longer exists. Now they're, they're for the, you know, the ultimate fringe. I mean, the example I think I sort of, you know, you know Elizabeth Warren the other day, you know, you know black, trans, you know, <laughs> I, I don't even know, honestly, yeah. I don't even know what all the, you know, 
and Latinx, and whatever. Oh, they're, you know, they're the backbone of society. They, they are. The, I go, uh, so I go. You know, they are one one thousand and twenty fourth of the backbone yeah. of society. Like, <laughs> like her, you know, Native American status. Yeah. You know, it's. I'm not saying they're not part of it. Of course. But they are not the. How about you know our military veterans? You know, how about teachers? How about you know everyone that's part of productive society? Like. That's the backbone. The backbone is everyone together. Not like the most, like how far can we take it? And then, okay, that's America. I was like, everyone's America. That's the whole point of, uh, you know, this great experiment. Like, and to go into these identity politics where we're catering to, you know, the point oh 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 two percent of the population be like, no, that's you. This, that America, that's... It's ridiculous. Yeah, and it's a constant movement of destruction because to lift somebody, you always have to take somebody out. So it creates, of course, it I mean, creates a listen, I, I, One day, I'm going to have to do a podcast and ask you because I mean, you know, as a gay man, what what are your thoughts as it relates to sort of again, you know, outspoken I activist want, homosexual people getting owned by the trans movement and like it's not enough after the years that you guys fought to get the equality. Uh, that you have, Don, as that, I told that, that you, people probably pretend doesn't exist. As I told you eight years ago, all I ever wanted was exact equality under the law. That's what right. we've got. You can call now we're equal. You can call me whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you could call me. Well, a and that's what it right feels now. like. It to wouldn't me. mean anything to me. The the those again the the further that you go, they actually don't want equality. They want more than yeah. equality. You yeah. know, every, everyone needs some sort of form of reparations. You know, oftentimes for, you know, at least as it relates to that, for problems that probably no one had ever even heard of or, or even knew existed. So it wasn't like they were oppressed like some communities actually were mm-hmm. uh, for so long. It's like, I don't, I didn't know what trans was until a few years ago, probably, right? It, it, so, well, that's the thing. They were going to whatever bathroom they wanted to, and it was yeah, fine. Nobody, I, no, nobody no one was cares. Cr- and your dad even said, what was it, like two years ago, your dad said the thing about if a trans person comes into Trump Tower, they'll use whatever bathroom. Hey, listen, I'm a builder. I would love to build one <laughs> universal bathroom, okay? Right, we're right, real right. estate people. Like, if yeah. I don't have to build dual bathrooms, I could actually You're save a lot happy. of money. Make, I, I wish everyone would share a bathroom. I think it'd be wonderful. Yeah. All right, so let's shift for just a second, and then I want we're going to get back to a lot of this stuff. But um, the, the leaker. Yes. Now, right now, I oh. know that we're doing this on YouTube. This is a live stream. If we name the leaker, even though the name is out there, You're out. It, it, they are most likely going to shut this stream. They might shut yeah. this stream anyway, just because we're now talking about it. But the leaker, it's been named in a zillion things, um, on a zillion outlets. It was or, It's already been on television. Facebook has said they're taking down content with the leaker's name. Uh, yeah. YouTube's been taking down live streams. They did a, a big one last night that they took down. So I'm just going to read you the the statement on this, and then we'll talk about it the best way we kind of can here, right? So a YouTube spokesperson said videos mentioning the potential whistleblower's name would also be removed. The spokesperson said that the company would use a combination of machine learning and human review to scrub the content. I'm pretty sure we're getting both of those right now. Uh, The removals, uh, the spokesperson added, would affect the titles and descriptions of videos as well as the video's actual content. So look, I don't want this video to be taken down, but they're obviously watching it right now. The name is out there. There's a picture of this person on the White yeah. House lawn the day your dad showed up at the White well, House after the election. I, I was, I, it's, it's interesting, I've gotten to be a part of the you know, outrage cycle. It's a, it's a very fast cycle. Yeah. What, 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 what was outrage? Hot, I, I, just guess, I mean, we've been yeah. on here for about 10 minutes. I'm sure that the cycle of outrage has changed and has adapted to something else since we've been on. But, you know, I was part of the outrage cycle, I guess, last week because I apparently outed the whistleblower. 
even I, though it was all over the internet. I go, I, you know, I retweeted an article that literally had his name in the title of the article. Yeah. It was on the Drudge Report. You know, the view goes like, the Drudge, who knows about the Drudge Report? I go, I don't know, it's like the largest news aggregator anywhere in the world, probably, right? I mean, yeah. it was on the Drudge Report four days prior to that. It was in real clear politics. So I put it out there. Donald Trump Jr. out. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I didn't. I, like, I still don't know his last name. I was just retweeting the article. I could care less. But I realized pretty quickly it wasn't so much Dave that they were outraged that I had outed him. It's that now that if there are the name is known, people can actually do some research, right? It's so not that's this, what I wanted to get this, to. Yeah, he's a humble public servant who's just trying to do what's right for the guy. No, he's a CIA guy who was Biden's guest. Uh, at a state dinner, who was good friends with Brennan, apparently, who was in the photograph, as you mentioned, you know, the day my father is president-elect and going to the White House, crying like a little child, you know, in that group picture where everyone's so morose and they're all, you know, wearing black and, you know, they're in mourning because yeah. uh, it's the end of their world as we know it with Susan Rice or whoever else was in the picture. Like, they're like, yeah. That guy, he's going to be super objective. He's just a humble You know, this didn't start. His lawyer doing tweets you know, in January of 2017, right after the inauguration, the coup has started, impeachment is next, you know, r right along with the stuff that looks awfully like really weird child stuff. Yeah, oh you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with these people. You know, that's the point. They weren't upset that his name was out there. They are upset that it's another Mueller. I just discovered Mack Weldon, a premium men's essentials brand whose mission is simple, to make sure all your basics are smartly designed and shopping for them is easy and convenient. With Mack Weldon, the difference is in the details, so whether you're looking for underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, or sweatpants, they will be the most comfortable brand you'll ever wear. They fit me perfectly, and I love the comfy new blue sweatshirt I just received. And if you work out like I do, then take advantage of their silver line of underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which simply put means they eliminate odor. Mack Weldon believes in their product and they want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep them and they will still refund you. No questions asked. So give them a try and get 20% off your first order. Visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code Ruben. Once again, don't miss out on 20% off your first order when you visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code Ruben. And now back to the show. You know, that I, that I get into so much in the book. You know, it's, it's the Mueller investigation. You know, when he's an innocent public servant, he's beyond reproach. He's just a nice guy. When he's a CIA guy with ties with, to Biden, when he's in the photo crying, you see that this is, just, this is not an objective, unbiased person. This is the swamp at its finest. This is a deep state guy that wants to help out his people, and they will do whatever they can to attack Trump because Trump is going in and breaking up their cabal, their system uh, that they've built up for so long, that they know and love, that has made all their friends really rich, and that's a problem for them. So let me ask you a question. As a guy that punches back, do you think I'm basically sort of half-stepping this here by not saying his name? I mean, I'm tempted to say his name. Not Listen, because I'm not, you know what I mean? I don't know, like, I don't know that it matters because anyone can go on right now and just type it in and, and figure it out for themselves, so I would rather, can, you know, frankly, keep the platform. Yeah. <laughs> but again, the <laughs> right. whole point of you this. You don't want me to ruin my entire career, yeah, right? Yeah, the yeah, second exactly, just to, you know. You know let's, let's not, yeah. let, let's give them a little bit more. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's so much a part of the book, which is, you know, that social media censorship is like, they have decided, like the mainstream media, 
to be the marketing arm of the Democrat Party, of those how do you leftist think they policies. Co- how do you think they coordinate it? So like something like this, where it's so everything that you just said is correct. The picture is there, like obviously all the connections, and, and no one wants anything bad to happen to this guy, but but the reason no, they, they don't- pretend, hey, listen, I wish they would have shown the same, you're endangering his life, I'm endangering the guy, life of a CIA. I wish I would have seen 1%, just 1%, I don't need it all of the same amount of outrage when like, right. you know, my wife opened up an exploding powder, you know, white powder envelope of people that was a Warren volunteer. All, it, none of that stuff comes out. Like that's at my house, my kids, like that doesn't deserve outrage. But this guy that's working in the deep state, he's a CIA guy, like, he needs our protections. Like, give me a break. Like, come on, I'm not advocating for violence of anyone, but at least, at least balance this thing out in, t- in terms of that. And so. It's sort of, you know, that outrage cycle just shows exactly what we're up against. Do you think your dad always saw that thing, like that sort of protection racket between the Democrats and the media? Yeah. It seems like he always kind of, because as a media guy. No one knew how to play the media better than him, uh, you know, when he was in his career. And, you know, I I talk about in the book, you know, when we went down to launch the campaign and it was, uh, I guess, uh, you know, June 16th, 2015. I mean, the last thing he said to us when before he walked over to go to the elevator and we went down to go watch was, just look this in. Now we find out who our real friends are. Hmm. And so he knows. He understands the real world. He understands how it works. He understands how full of crap most people really are. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's looking for an angle. And honestly, politics is no different. If anything, it's probably worse uh, in that effect, meaning you're great and you're useful until you're not. Uh, and you know the the thing that is missing so much is loyalty, and it's it's it, you you see it, and so he's always known, and we've always known that the media has been left leaning. It's just now that they've given up the pretense of even objectivity. I mean, you know, you you see that the Washington Post, uh, you know, the day after uh, the the inauguration, or sorry, nineteen minutes after <laughs> the inauguration, nineteen minutes, yeah, wrote the first article, the case for impeachment. I mean, 19 minutes? 19 minutes. Like, you know, that's they, about the amount of time that Obama took to get nominated for the Nobel yeah. Peace Prize, right? They, they was, <laughs> that was 11 days, I believe. But, like, yeah. that's the difference, right? Uh, so when, I, when people ask, what about the impeachment that started last week? I go, it didn't start last week. It started on November 9, 2016. Okay, the day they knew he had won. That's when this thing started. Uh, and, you know, again, if you weren't a believer in the deep state prior to his you know, election, I get it. You know, if you aren't now, you're a freaking idiot. Like, can you describe, you know, when, so people say deep state and then, you know, suddenly Twitter's gonna explode in conspiracy theories. Yeah. You basically mean sort of the layer that always exists because that's kind of what Correct. has but, kept but, the machine going but regardless of administration. You know, essentially manipulating, uh, you know, the people's choice. I mean, you know, Donald Trump was elected by the people of the country. This is the unelected, uh, you know, self-appointed uh, you know, leaders of this country. You know, if, if they disagree with the president who was elected to do, you know, the things that he campaigned on, well, we're just going to do that because we know better. Uh, and it, it's that class, it's that elite. And honestly, you know, that's always existed. But I think, you know, now that that class has not only just existed, but they've become nefarious. You know, they, they are doing whatever they can to not only just, you know, do their little thing, but subvert the actual will of the people. And do, that's where it starts getting scary. Do you think your dad was the only guy that could break this? Because the, you know, oh. there's a lot of metaphors for this. So there's a 100%. lot of analogies. You know, some people say he was the icebreaker that was gonna break it. So I, I would say always saying that it was just the chessboard. He was the guy that was just like, you're all playing this fake game. We're gonna toss it up, see what happens. It's probably a combination of the both. I mean, I think the reality is if you look at sort of some of the major examples of his presidency, I mean, you know, take Kavanaugh. 
How long do you think, like, let's say, like a Jeb Bush character, you know, under fire, you know, unfounded, ridiculous allegations about gang rape magically appear, you know, I go, you know, yeah. how long do you think Jeb would have lasted when the media took the sound bites that they wanted and were like, this definitely happened 100%, like, we're never going to question it. Second, maybe two. Yeah, like that's where I'd set the over under before he folded. It would have ruined right. it. It wouldn't have made life. those would, nineteen minutes. It, it, it yeah. wouldn't have made it nineteen minutes. And so, yeah. you know, Donald Trump just isn't going to, you know, buy into the nonsense. He isn't just going to cave to that kind of pressure. And that's exactly what we need today because we need to really reset, uh, you know, this whole thing. And so, he is the perfect vessel for this. And so that's why when people are like, well, you know, it's pretty aggressive. I think you've been under attack for three years. I mean, I, I see a lot of moderate, you know, Democrats, like, you know, honestly, like, I'm a Democrat, but, like, I wish they just let him do his job. I mean, he's accomplished things that prior, pre- you, know, I, you know, Obama, you know, had he gotten the job numbers where they are, had he done the things for the African-American community, like you know, prison reform, opportunity zones, they would have knighted him, you know, emperor for life. He's doing this racist he, thing wrong. Huh? I mean, he's like the worst racist ever because he's failing miserably. at. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're going to fail at something, it's great to fail at being racist, right? right yeah, yeah. But it's such nonsense. And I see that because I see it from the characters. I mean, you know, Whoopi Goldberg, we use that example. She, she can't say his name. Well, it didn't stop her from showing up at one of the finales of The Apprentice and hanging out with us at an after party five, six years ago, whenever that was. You know, she was there. She didn't have a problem with us then. That was another thing I could have brought up. Had you know the whole. I mean, there's just so many examples of this. You know, it didn't stop Al Sharpton from saying all these complimentary things. Reverend Jeffy, Jesse Jackson for saying, "Hey, he gave us space on a Wall Street building when we weren't, you know, when we weren't anything." I go, you know, I have pictures with half of the resistance, like at dinner. Right, right. Like, so you know, that's what your dad meant by that. We're going to find out who our friends are because he basically you know, had connections with everybody in that he knew world. He had done so much, and you know th- that's the reality. I mean, you know, when Al Sharpton needed a place to stay in New York, this is one of the stories in the book. Like, he literally called me to set him up with a broker to get, help get him a place. There wasn't this hatred. So like, he'll joke, "Oh, well, we're frenemies," and like, it, it's all an act. Ever wish you could always have perfectly pressed clothes but hate to iron and don't want to spend lots of money on dry cleaning? Well, now there's the Turbo Extreme Steam Handheld Steamer from Conair. It's easier and faster than an iron and saves you a ton on dry cleaning. This lightweight, compact model is the most powerful handheld steamer with 1,875 watts of turbocharged steam. It literally gets you fresh, pressed, and out the door in minutes. It heats up in a hurry with five steam settings for everything from delicates to suits, so I like to steam my shirts and jackets right before the show. The turbo setting smooths away even the toughest wrinkles on thick fabrics like sweaters. This steamer has a dual-slotted ceramic plate that lets you press like an iron without an ironing board. And it has a built-in creaser so you can make perfect pleats like the dry cleaner does. Try Conair's Turbo Extreme Steam handheld steamer and you'll be amazed at how great it makes your clothes look. It even works on curtains, your bed, your pet's bed, you name it. Available online at multiple retailers. And now back to the show. You know, they got to play their role. I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's all sort of an act. I mean, we see each other at, you know, a cigar club that I go to occasionally, and we'll sit there and, and joke around. You know, I know I'm, he's not on my side politically, but, like, that we are somehow have been, you know, oppressing them for de- Like, it's nonsense. Like, so, we, we were, we were, you know, uh, we had good relations. He'd been up in my father's office dozens of times throughout his career. Is part of that that if you were to look at your resume, like your lifestyle, you're the, you're the son of a billionaire, you grew up in New York, you're yeah. sort of supposed to be a Democrat. 
in, in well, a certain way. hundred percent. I mean, I, I'm, I always say, like, I'm an unlikely Republican, right? I, I, I grew up in New York City. Uh, I have a billionaire father. I went to an Ivy League school, all these things. And, you know, the big part I talk about that is sort of the lessons I've seen throughout life. I mean, you know, I learned about sort of that socialist movement, especially as I see the Democrat Party going really towards, you know, welcoming, you know, sort of socialism, communist ideals. It's no longer a fringe element of the party. It's literally like, hey, the leading people are like, hey, we're vacationing in the Soviet Union. This is wonderful. If you know, only someone had been talking about this for the last three years. No, exactly. And, well, I mean, that was one of the big reasons to write the book, which is like, you know, I hate watching these people that talk about these, the great ideals of, you know, socialism. I'm like, who have never actually lived under it. And again, I, I reckon, I got to caveat everything. I'm the son of a rich guy from New York. I get it. But my mother escaped communist Czechoslovakia. Uh, you know, I had a, grandpa- a grandfather, a grandmother, you know, that lived under all of that nonsense. Um, and I had the good fortune of them recognizing the blessings that we have here in this country. And so, you know, they, from a young age, I spoke Czech fluently. And my grandfather would be like, hey, he's got to see the other side. You have it really good here. Mm. Just to never take anything for granted. Just to never have that. So he would take me over there starting at like the age of five uh, for, uh, you know, four to six weeks every summer. Wow. I had friends over there. I've waited in those bread lines, Dave. I can assure you there's nothing less glamorous. Uh, you know, than an empty supermarket. You know, this wasn't like a helicopter generation. I may have been five or six. Like you're going to the corner store and, you know, waiting for for bread. Wow. Uh, you know, I've done that. I, you know, I I saw as a kid, I'd be like, why is like my grandmother not in my parents' wedding picture? It was like my grandfather. Well, they let him out of the country to walk his daughter down the aisle, but he, they wouldn't let the wife for fear that they would defect. Like, what wow. kind of system doesn't let people leave because they know they ain't coming back? Uh, you know, I've, I've, so I've experienced these things, and. You know, to see them pushed as mainstream thought now, it, it's really scary. Like, I remember that my first memory of fear that I talk about in the book was going over there the first time. I was wearing, like, it was pretty cool because it was the 80s. Yeah. I was wearing, like, a, a blue jean jacket with, like, the stars and stripes on it. So I was like, you know, kind of 80s. Like, yeah, yeah, Rocky Ford. And, like, there I got go. pulled out of the line by, you know, a customs guy in a military thing with an AK over his shoulder. And, like, he started questioning me. Like, was I there to, like, preach you know, the evil, you know, the great aspects of capitalism. I'm like, dude, I'm five years old. Yeah. Like, and, and not like one of like today's five-year-olds who are much more woke. You know, they're asking about right, nuclear right. proliferation. You see this on yes, Twitter yes, all the all time. the time. Like, my two-and-a-half-year-old asked me about the, you know, the dangers of nuclear proliferation <laughs> on the Korean peninsula and its effect on, you know, macroeconomic form. No, I was it's five. incredible. Like, it always happens it, to those blue it, check Yeah, uh, it's always lefties. the blue it's check mark kids. Who, you know, they're really woke. And I'm like, it's amazing how... It just fits into the byline of today. I mean, Wait, you know, none of your kids have asked you about string theory and how? No, it's they, they they haven't. They haven't. Bizarre. Uh, hard to believe. I, you know, I, I guess they're just not that smart. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame. I, I was really hoping that they would be. You know, uh, you, you got to get them to a more elite four. school. That's the problem. I, I know. Uh, it's a shame. So I, you know, I've I've seen that stuff. I've lived. I, my ninety-three-year-old grandmother is still alive, and I always say, like, I'll get the call, you know, from her in tears. Now, this is not your typical sort of ninety-three-year-old grandmother. I mean, this is someone who. You know, grew up in Czechoslovakia, spent two years, like, hiding in the basement of her farmhouse from the Nazis. Uh, the, you know, the real fascists, not the nonsense that we see today, that it's okay. You know, they can be fascist and they can beat the hell out of people who are right-wing, uh, you know, conservative people. That's, that's not a problem. There's a tacit acceptance of that in today's media. But, you, God forbid, you put up a meme about someone attacking the media. I mean, that, that's outrage. That's front-page news. Brian you know, Stelter is yeah, going to A, a billboard chair. of someone choking Donald Trump in Times Square, that's no problem. But if you put a cartoon CNN like Tom and Jerry thing, oh, my God! Didn't your dad almost cycle. choke the dog in that yeah, picture? Yeah, it looked like the dog yeah. was going to be well, choked. Well, the fact that the New York Times literally called the White House to fact-check a meme. <laughs> 
just goes to show you how deranged they are. But like, so my you don't have a dog medal because the medal even had a paw. I mean, it, was good. this wasn't exactly the Medal of Honor, but the fact that they're facting it, it shows you the derangement, the filter, you know, by which other people are seeing their news. But I get that call from my grandmother because they, you know, she's got CNN over there. They don't have a conservative outlet or even a moderate outlet, and I mean, she's in tears. It's, you you can't you can't let that happen there. It, it always sounds so good on paper. It's always so great. Everything's free. Everything's wonderful. Every, it's not done. Like I've lived. I was like, no, no, no. I remember. I've been there. But this is a woman who's been through a lot. Who's calling me in tears for fear of her grandchildren, her great grandchildren, and, and the life that she knows they could live in this country. You know that her daughter got to live that American dream. She's worried about that just going by the wayside. And I'm like, no, no, no. I get it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pushing back. I promise you. But. You know, that it can take a woman like that who's been through it all, who's seen it, who's lived it, and drive her to tears goes to show you. And I say, listen, you've watched the debates. I mean, you can find a Democrat that will say anything. I mean, there's some really loony shit that they're, you know, that, that they'll run with. Biden wants to send men to women's prisons if Correct. they want to go to women's If they want to do it, it seems totally reasonable. Uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren think, thinks, uh, you know, a $52 trillion bill, which is 90% of U.S. government, is, is like a wonderful plan while eliminating private insurance. You know, AOC thinks that $93 trillion for the Green New Deal to prevent cows from farting and eliminate air travel, that that's going to magically pay for itself. And it's also going to fund people who are just not willing to work even if they're able to work and that they don't find a problem with that distinction is, you know, this yeah. is not Well, they said shit. that part was a mistake. Y- y- they sure, said it was that a mistake, was... except it was in <laughs> the plan, right? right. Except it was right. in the plan that they originally put it. Right. And, and the whole thing's a mistake, but, you know, minor details. Um, you know, and, and that's what it is. I mean, it, it's absolutely nuts. So when I see that, it's like, well, we, we got to combat this stuff. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the way your dad has sort of evolved over the years, because your pin tweet is him on Oprah. What is it, yeah. like 1986 It's like 86, literally talking. I mean, he is the most consistent politician in probably American history. So it's, it's pretty incredible. So he's talking about our bad trade deals. Now, this is 33, roughly 33 years. Yeah. He's talking about our bad trade deals. But what struck me about it isn't just that the things he was talking about then are the things that are still relevant now, but there's clearly a change in his demeanor now, yeah. right? He's much more gruff now. He's Correct. more... And what, what do you think that's just 33 years of trying to get through the system and now and that he kind of like because he's he comes yeah. off as very soft, actually. Yeah, no, it, listen, it's I, hard for people to understand. I, I think it's a combination of it's, it's probably not trying to get through the system. It's more like, you know, talking about it a lot, hoping someone's going to do something, hoping someone else will do something. Hope, you know, you can throw sidelines for so long. But what's great about Trump is like, hey, he, he, he's a man. He's going to step up and get in the game. He's like, I can't just talk smack from the sidelines. I actually have to get in the game now. And that's what it was. I mean, you saw it in 86. And he was right then, and he's right now. He's sick of politicians that you and I wouldn't let negotiate a car lease. <laughs> you know, God, no, but it, the reality is this, half of our political, you know, they're making trillion-dollar decisions, Dave. You know, in some cases, $93 trillion decisions, or trying to, that our kids are going to be beholden to, our grandkids are going to be beholden to. These are people who've done nothing in their lives other than they've never signed the front of a paycheck. They've never had someone's livelihood, their family's well-being dependent on their success. I'm running a bigger a, payroll a bit, here in my house than, than most 90% of the politicians yeah, out yeah. there. The, you know, and so you, know, you have John Kerry you know, negotiating against Iran. Like, what has John Kerry negotiated in his life? Nothing. Do you think yeah. there's any risk in having a more business sense to the government, or do you think that that's like I think I, I, I think I, I think there's hey, hey, just look at the proof. I think there was incredible risk in not having any of it for the last 50 years. Look at what it's gotten us. 
You know, so now you, you see it every day. My, my father will talk about these things like, well, they're building the new Air Force One. So he calls Boeing and be like, how are you building a plane? You know, two planes for this much. Take a billion dollars off. Okay. He's like, <laughs> what? Like, he's like, wait, what, what, what? Like, well, why didn't you? Well, no one had ever asked us before. Yeah, we can, we can do that. You know, we want to we want to keep good. Like, no one in God had even thought about trying to save money. Even with a balanced, healthy diet, you may not cover your daily nutritional needs through food alone. Athletic Greens, a daily all-in-one health drink, takes the guesswork out of everyday good health. Whether you're taking steps towards a healthier lifestyle or an athlete pushing for better performance, your body's daily nutritional needs change due to stress, travel, sleep patterns, the environment, and more. One scoop of Athletic Greens mixed with water provides a convenient, affordable, and tasty solution to fill the gaps in your diet. With 75 proven vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, it's easier than ever to get comprehensive nutrition without multiple pills, powders, or complex routines. It's the most complete supplement for a better you and it's gluten-free, dairy-free, keto, paleo, and vegan-friendly, contains no harmful chemicals, no GMOs or funny additives. I love that it tastes great and you don't have to drink a ton to feel the benefits. Take advantage of my special offer today, 20 free travel packs valued at 79 bucks with your first purchase and try Athletic Greens. Go to athleticgreens.com slash Ruben. That's athleticgreens.com slash Ruben. And now back to the show. You know, he talks about it with some of the things that he's done with the aircraft carriers and the systems. It's like, well, we upgraded the system, but it's not really better. It costs a lot more. It's harder to maintain. And if something goes wrong when we're in the middle of the South China Sea, we got to bring in 15 engineers from MIT to try to fix the catapult. You know, so no one's even thought to ask these questions. For him, it was a five-minute phone call to save a billion dollars. Like, that alone is more than pretty much all of these politicians have done in their entire careers because... No one's even bothered to ask the question. They just, well, here's the price. Oh, great, that's the price. Like, why would we question that? Like, well, isn't that the part of government? Like, you have to spend the money one year because otherwise they're going to cut you the next budget. year. It's like, but that's it's, why the deficit keeps going up. It keeps going up because everyone wants more power. More power is in having more money. More power is in having a higher budget. And so you, you, you fix things that don't need fixing. You create problems that don't exist to justify an existence that is asinine. It's why government keeps growing uh, at the level that it is, and it's centralized around D.C., usually far away from the things that they're supposed to be managing and running with people that have no idea what's actually going on. So, you know, I think, you know, Trump is the result of Americans being fed up and actually seeing that. I mean, you know, Americans, despite the media's portrayal of them, decide, they get it. Like, you know, they, they're so much more onto this system than anyone, and it's, it's why you have Trump. You know, they're sick of just ha being looked over uh, forgotten. I mean, America's number one export, as far as I'm concerned, for the last 50 years has been the American dream. Mm -hmm. Okay, We have sent that dream to countries that hate our guts, they hate our values, they hate our freedoms, they hate everything about us. That's been our big export because of stupid practices by guys that have no idea what they're doing, up against people that are literally experts in their fields, uh, you know, that have got PhDs in this stuff, and they're laughing their ass off for years that America's just given it up. They were given up, you know, 200 years of hegemony that we've had to appease, like, people that hate our guts. And, you know, Trump's, you know, the counter response to that. It's why you see China's trade, but, oh yeah, we really, we really want to negotiate against Trump. And the media, oh, they really love negotiating. Guys, maybe they're just saying that because they know you'll bite hook, line, and sinker. Because in all fairness, who else has even questioned the nonsense that they've been doing? 
Like, they hate Trump because Trump's finally pushed back after decades of them sucking us dry, sucking our jobs out, sucking our money, destroying our middle class. Now someone's pushing back. Is that the crazy part that we're so trained not to think about how the system actually works over time that then when someone comes in and says things, so like NATO, for example, when your dad was like, well, some of these countries are going to have to pay their fair share, like, oh my God, he's destroying NATO. The president of NATO is actually coming up like, hey, listen, you know, this was no fan of Trump. Well, NATO has raised an extra, what was it, like $100 billion? Because if you say you're going to take, you know, 2%, 3%, 4% of your GDP and put it towards defending yourselves, do it. Do it. It's not rocket science. I mean, this was a pact before Trump, but no one bothered to say, hey, guys, come on, you you, you owe this money. They just said, okay. I mean, watching Germany. What do you think our leaders were actually doing? Nothing. They don't, they don't care. It's not their money. It's other people's money. It doesn't matter. It's no different than Air Force One. Why would we ask to negotiate? Who cares? You know what? I'd love to get on the board of Boeing later on, so we're not going to question them. We're not going to ask them to do better. Maybe they'll give me a really lucrative position when I'm out of government. You know, I, I watched last year the outrage that the media had. You know, Germany's really upset that Trump is telling them they got to pay or we're not going to defend them. I mean, they are literally upset that Trump is saying pay up your fair share they're meanwhile complaining that we're not going to defend them against Russians while they're giving them billions of dollars a year coming for Russian oil. So you want us to defend you against Russia while you're giving them more money than God, you know, in, in a in a pipeline, you know, natural gas deal. When, for, you know, yeah, you could be taking that from us too, guys. Like the hypocrisy of the thing is, all, and I see, you know, Jeremy outraged, you know, about. It's nonsense. So, you know, Trump's calling all of these people. He's calling all of their bluffs, and no one has in decades. So, with the calling of the bluffs, so mm-hmm. that sort of brings us back to the Ukraine situation. Yeah. Um, because it seems to me, call me crazy, stop me if you think I'm nuts here, but it seems to me that if Donald Trump Jr. was getting about 85 grand a month yeah. to work for a company in a foreign land who he didn't have any expertise in doing what yeah. they do. In a language company, I didn't speak, in a, language in a business I know nothing about. I think you see where I'm going with this. Yeah. I mean, What's well, that's the here? hypocrisy. And the media does. We're, we're talking about Hunter Biden. Obviously. Of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, the media loves to do this. They go, oh, Donald Trump Jr. attacked Hunter Biden. I go, yeah. Well, Donald Trump Jr., he's so not self-aware. I was like, no, 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 I get it. I'm the son of a rich guy. I've gotten a big part where I said it on Hannity a couple times. And then I, I didn't, you know, give the three-minute disclaimer the second time I was on. So they're like, oh, he doesn't get that he's also benefited. I go, no, no, I've benefited from my father's last name. I share his name. I get that. I'm not pretending that hasn't happened. But also, aren't you proud of that? I mean, we we, we have this fear of success here. Well, but Dave, the difference between me and Hunter Biden is I did that through the business that he built up as a capitalist. You know, if he wanted to give me a billion dollars, I could put it on a pile floor, light it on fire, and that's our prerogative. I mean, that's sort of, you know. The difference is I didn't do it through my daddy's taxpayer-funded office, right? Uh, you know, magically become an international businessman. When we won, before he even took the presidency, we said we are not going to do new foreign deals. And we had deals that, you know, buildings were building and we can't just pull out. We have a contractual obligation. We said we will not. That was a big part of my business. That's why I'm so involved in politics, because that's what I did. I, got, I have a lot more free time now. So it's like, hey, I'll get involved in this and fight for what I believe in. That's why I wrote a book. But the false equivalency of being like, well, how are you different than Hunter Biden? How am I different? Like, we st- I was an international businessman for the last 15 years, okay? We stopped doing those deals just so they could have no, 
you know, impropriety story. Hunter Biden magically becomes an international businessman, you know, gets on a board of an energy company. He knows nothing about energy, had no track record, and is making $83,000 a month in the Ukraine where his father's in charge. Media, no, 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 that's off limits. I wasn't off limits for two and a half years. Uh, you know, kids are off limits. Barron Trump's not off limits. They hit yeah, him. Yeah. You know, Tiffany Trump, who's in law school, did nothing. You know, just a nice kid, you know, going to school. She's not off limits. I wasn't off limits when they spent two and a half years trying to throw me in jail for treason for taking a 20-minute unsolicited meeting. You know, Hunter Biden's off limits for a shady board seat in a corrupt company. He's off limits when he takes $1.5 billion from the Chinese government. Not like a Chinese investor. From the Chinese government after traveling there on Air Force Two with his father. Well, what would the media do if Donald Trump Jr. did that? But they said, they, they, said they didn't talk about it. Oh, they, oh obviously. Nor at the yeah. golf, uh, golf, no, they, golf they, Obviously, they didn't no. mention the business. They knew nothing about it when they are playing golf together. They, you know, I just say, do the other thing. They, how about this? Let's go earlier in life. Hunter Biden gets you know, a great job at MBNA right out of school. Happens to be the largest bank and the largest employer in the state of Delaware, where Joe is the senator signing favorable tax legislation. He's a brilliant guy. He's a brilliant guy, so he manages to rise through the ranks there faster than anyone. Obviously, totally a coincidence. He then gets a board seat on Amtrak at 27. Huge. He's a lover of trains. He's a lover of trains, obviously, Clearly. Dave. I mean, that's, what, that's why he got it. Nothing to do with daddy controlling the purse strings. No, 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 that's off limits. I, I haven't talked much about it because, honestly, it, it, it's not even worth it, but like, you get frustrated enough because they have to attack my personal life, everything about it. Go, you know, what would happen if Donald Trump Jr. got thrown out of the Navy Reserve in two weeks you know, for doing a little uh, of the yayo. Yeah. You know, you know, testing positive for cocaine. You think they'd have a problem? You think they'd give me the pass? People don't even hear about that. You know, turning in a rental car with a crack pipe and all of these things. Like, they, and the media would have a field day. So much so, I almost should go do it because if when they catch it, they, the you got a real death wish, man. The aneurysm that they would have. No, no, no. It would be good for us because it would solve the fake news media problem. Their heads would explode. Uh, with outrage that there'd be none left and we could get back, back to a reasonable discourse. So they try to do this false equivalency of what's the difference. I go, that's the difference. Like Hunter Biden made millions of dollars through his father's taxpayer funded office, has all this other shade in the past and he's totally off limits, but you had no problem with half of Congress saying that I you know, literally committed treason, a crime punishable by death for taking a 20 minute unsolicited meeting, but Hillary Clinton can go out, pay foreign agents to go collect dirt, take that dirt through the DNC, leak it to the FBI. The FBI then leaks it back to the press. The press writes their outrage story, which the FBI then uses as the as basis, the basis yeah. of an investigation to, of individuals on a campaign for the president of the United States, which started the whole Mueller hoax. I mean, where's the outrage? By the way, not even the outrage. Like, where's the story? Right, like, just, you just have, like, a couple of guys, you know, Sarah Carter, Sean Hannity, Greg Jarrett, a couple guys pointing out, but like, where's like, you'd think that this would be big news. I mean, if you're a journalist, like, this is kind of a big deal. I mean, this is a legitimate coup. And they're just like, no, I'm, hey, we're nothing to see here. Hey, there's, there's nothing going on here, guys. We're just gonna pretend this never happened because it, uh, it goes against what they would like to happen. Tis the season to elect benefits through your workplace. And if you're like most people, open enrollment means making decisions on more than just your healthcare, like your life insurance and disability needs too, all of which can be confusing. That's where Policy Genius can help. It's the easy way to compare quotes from top insurers and shop for a life insurance plan that's not tied to your job. 
In fact, the life insurance you buy through Policy Genius stays with you even if you leave your job. And in addition to life insurance, they can help you find the right home, auto, and disability insurance too. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. So when you're looking at your workplace benefits this month, make sure to double check your life insurance options. Then go to policygenius.com to get quotes and apply in minutes. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. And now back to the show. It goes against the DNC talkers. It goes against that media narrative. And since they've made that cognizant decision to be the marketing wing of the DNC, we should actually look into them you know, for you know, for campaign finance violations, because they're just literally contributing millions and billions of free marketing to the DNC, covering for their bullshit. So who in the course of all of this, I, I hear you on all this, who in the course of all this do you, and I guess by extension your dad, actually take counsel from? So I remember yeah. during uh, the Michael Cohen testimony, yeah. it was one of the first moments when I was like, this Russia thing is complete nonsense. Oh. But the reason wasn't because of anything he said, it was because you were live tweeting it. And I was like, if this guy is guilty, if, meaning you, yeah. if you were guilty of anything, well, yeah, your know. lawyers or everyone you know would be locking you up and putting you in a room and taking <laughs> your in, phone. It's in here. Yeah, because you well, were live tweeting it so freely. My lawyers, it was funny. Like my lawyers, numerous. Like he's like, you can't do that. Like anything you say, that will be. I was like, I don't care. I'm right. Like I don't care. This is bullshit, and I'm gonna say it. Like so, I mean, I literally had that conversation. That sat down with my lawyers, numerous. I'm like, you're in. I go. You guys are making one critical mistake. If I sit down, if I just sit in the corner and curl up in a ball and die, or you know, cry sucking my thumb in the fetal position, that's what they want. Like, you think they're going to go any lighter on me? They're not. Adam Schiff was on TV every day saying I committed treason. He's seen evidence to the entire country. He's seen evidence of treason and collusion and all. Where, like, I, st- I still haven't seen it. You know what I mean? You think if he's seen it, no one else has. Like, you think, hey, it maybe it's time to drop report? it by now. Like, it wasn't yeah. in the Mueller report. But, so I'm saying, I'm just not going to do it, man. I'm not going to just sit back. I get where you're going from a legal strategy. I'm not naive to that. It's not that I'm I'm stupid. not saying it was the right thing to do. I'm just yeah, saying. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I get yeah. where they're saying. I go, I just don't care. And honestly, at the end of it, they go, you know what? You were right. You, you needed to push back because you could see it. I mean, when they're, I'm in closed door testimony with the House Intelligence Committee, right? And I come back, I'm out of this thing after nine hours or so of testimony. I get out at seven o'clock at night and I look at Twitter and CNN, at 11.59, Donald Trump Jr. was saying this. I go, Jesus Christ. I mean, Adam Schiff is taking bathroom breaks and leaking Close, this stuff. Closed door, to closed door. Closed door, it was supposed to be totally. Yeah. Like, and I go back, it's, I'm looking back seven hours in advance. Every time we took a bathroom break, CNN is breaking this stuff. I mean, three of their big bombshells had to do with me. Now, they were all wrong. They were all false. You know, one of them was the, the WikiLeaks, like some random dude, like literally DM me or sent me an email, like, have you seen this? You know, it was like, whatever, like, let's call it June 14th, right? Now, they leaked the stuff to CNN, and I'm looking at the dates, they like, yeah. do you have comments on that? It was June 4th. I was like, holy shit, like, they deleted the one in 14, right? So the 14, you delete the one, it becomes four. So the thing broke on like June 10th or whatever it was, right? So it looks like I had this information from some random, it's a Trump donor, he donated like 25 bucks and somehow like spammed our email, so like actually like hit my email, so it got there. I didn't respond, I didn't, but it looked like that mm-hmm. based on the leaked email, like I had it six days before rather than four days after the rest of the freaking world. No different than sort of, you know, me outing the whistleblower <laughs> after it's been out there in the right. public for four days. I'm just like, oh my God, now, bombshell, Donald Trump Jr. had it. I'm like, here's the tweets. 
here's the email. It's like, how come we're the only ones being transparent, Dave? Like, you my father, get, they question it. Like, you ever get a call? Somebody not on the not media even a retraction on some yeah. of these. The other, you know, Michael Cohen was there when Donald Trump Jr. said, like, no, his lawyer pulled that one. His lawyer pulled it back because they got it wrong. And they're the guys leaking it. Like, it's so asinine. Like, you know, and then they question about it. Now, there was no questioning about him then, literally perjuring himself, I think it was eight or nine times. Like, because I'm live tweeting, I'm like, nope, didn't happen. Check XYZ. I mean, you know, Jim Jordan, some of those called it out. They sent the thing back to the DOJ, be like, hey, what about this? Nothing. We're not playing the same game, and that's the problem. I mean, there are some Republicans that are doing it. There's some that are learning from Trump, because Trump has taught conservatives, hey, you know, you can fight back. Mm-hmm. You don't just have to lose because they want you to. You don't just have to give up because they're going to write a bad story about you. Like, but you know, but the problem is that mentality is still there. It's like, okay, well, you know, we're just we're, we're going to leave this ago. Like, they would never give us that same benefit of the doubt. I say, hey, we can all play t-ball or we can all play hardball, but we got to be playing the same game, and we're not. Do you ever fear that that, or does your dad ever fear that that game? So I agree with you on the premise of that. Like, we had to break this thing so that we can start resetting the system in a sensible way, but the game of sort of constant destruction one way or another, that, I, that, that, that's love, dangerous, I, you know, that again, ultimately. I, it is. By the way, I'd love, I'd love to break that game, but they're not going to do it. You know, I mean, they have to work with us a little bit on that. I mean, the perfect example, I mean, the USMCA, the renegotiation of NAFTA, everyone said it couldn't be done. It was the worst trade deal in the history of trade deals. I think everyone will admit that. My father, against all odds, renegotiated with Mexico and Canada this great trade that would bring over 100,000 jobs back to this country, you know, manufacturing jobs where we need it. It's been sitting on Nancy's desk for nine months. This will pass with flying colors. She won't even bring it to the vote because although it would be good for Americans, it would give Trump another win. Okay, he's already got the economic wins. He's already got, but like, it would give him another win, and we can't do that. We got to. It would pass, Dave. You could do this bill in 30 seconds, because there's probably not a Democrat that would vote against this thing. Okay, it would pass with flying colors. But you know what? By giving Trump a win, we it would be better for them to keep more jobs out of the country, to to do that, so they can resist. But is that so, the, you know, is you that need the a little bit of, You need a little bit. But how about working? How about working? on an infrastructure plan that would do the same, and it's well needed. You know, how about all, all those that, how come there was no outrage that Trump, you know, was the guy that got prison reform done? Like, where was Obama? You know, I mean, they have no problem letting Joe Biden running around, like his primary campaign thing is like, government has failed you. I'm like, like no shit, Joe, like, hey, you know, I'm with you on this one, but like, if I've been in the Senate for 30 years and in big government for 50, legit, not like hyperbole, for actually 50 years, Dude, maybe you're part of the problem. Like, and it, that is the game that is being played right now. It's a shame. Again, Trump is probably the only guy that can do that, but like, you need a little bit of give from the other side. Hey, I think if anyone knows him, you know, he's actually you know, a pragmatist. Like, he'll, he'll work. I mean, hey, prison reform ain't exactly a conservative like, talking point, right? You know what it is, Dave? It was the right thing to do. It's not going to win him voters in his base. He probably won't even get much credit from the people who are going to benefit much from it because, I mean, the communities where they live, a lot their general sentiment is to Democrat. But it was the right thing to do, so he did it anyway. I'd love to see some of that sentiment from the other side. That doesn't exist there. Certainly not today, and certainly not with Trump. I hear you, man. I, I believe me. I've been trying to clean up what was my side. I can't honestly say yeah, it's my no, side it, anymore, but you, I, you've I've been seen trying, the, you, know? This, you know, probably no one quite so tolerant as uh, you know someone out there preaching tolerance. So. 
you mentioned uh, sort of what's happening with some of the minority communities before. What, what do you make of what's going on right now with the black community? Because I do sense that through Candace mm-hmm. and through Kanye West now, and what, what was it that your dad did just this week? Was it the Black Leadership Summit? Or yeah, there was, a, there exactly. was another one of these? I haven't uh, been following. I've been running around on the right, but, you, but he's doing, I mean, he's bringing, you know, people to the White House. He's given them a platform. He did things that were unprecedented, you know, for, for a lot of the minority communities. I mean, you have all-time low, all-time low African-American unemployment, all-time low Hispanic unemployment, like all-time low female, all-time high business startups, African-American community, Hispanic community, female. It... Like, if, again, if Obama did this, everyone would be like, give him the credit. Like, the, the problem is, I do think that people get it. You know, I do think that people see it. But, man, they, they are like even so many of the Trump. They're like, well, you know, you know, we get it, we see it, but we can't say anything about it because we'll get destroyed. I mean, mm-hmm. getting the information down to the people is hard because, you know, the, the DNC controls the churches. They control the community leaders. They control all of this thing. You know, they've had a stranglehold on that. So even if it's happening... Getting the information down to the voter is hard because it's going through so many levels of nonsense and, you know, this didn't happen and you got so much outrage where they're still pushing that. But I, I do think, you know, that American, you know, the American voter, uh, the regular guy, I, I give him so much more credit, whether that's a Trump supporter, whether it's the minority community, I give him so much more credit. I mean, we saw it on the example I love to use is, you know, you know back in June, we launched the 2020 campaign in Orlando in Florida. And I remember, it was awesome. Like 47,000 people, something showed up for an arena that holds 25. They stood out in the rain for two days. Thunderstorms. I go, how many people are going to still be here after the thunderstorm? I was a little worried. Not one person left, Dave. It was awesome. I got to introduce the VP who introduced the president. Like, it was this big lie. It was right after the Mueller hoax was exposed. And it was like, you know, Robert Mueller testimony. It was like, Mr. Mueller, I'm tweeting, like, have you actually read the Mueller report? Like, no clue what's going on. I mean, they just used him because he was above reproach. He was a former decorated Marine, and he was the leader of the FBI, so Trump can't attack him. It's not my purview. Yeah, it's not my purview. That was his line. Fusion GPS, like, the genesis of it all. You spent $40 million in three years, and you have no idea what it is. Like, you realize, like, he was just a pawn, right? You you magically selected 19, like, leftist donors to be the objective arbiters of this thing. Like, come on. But we're there. And it was, it was this incredible rally. It was so warm. It was just insane. It was awesome. And I get back out, and 20 minutes later, I'm watching TV. Did you see those people? Ugh. They're, they're out there in their flip-flops. That must be their formal attire. Ha, 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 ha. It, it was disgusting, man. And you saw the level of disdain, you know, the level of hatred uh, that you know, the liberal elite and the media which, you know, largely one in the same for the most part, uh, has for, like, just hardworking people who, you know, they think it's racist for those people, you know, to want to live their American dream. They are terrible people, Dave, for wanting their tax dollars to be spent on them, maybe their children, again, rather than, you know, some country that hates your freedom, values your religion, every aspect about you, like, like, what civilization would never take care of their people first? I'm all for helping the world. Frankly, no country does more from a charity perspective than the United States of America. But, like, maybe we take care of our own problems. Like, it's not, you're not, you know, one of the ists, you know, a misogynist, a terrorist, a racist, whatever it is, yeah. for, you know, maybe saying, why don't we take care of our veterans, you know, before some guy that can't stand us? Why don't we take care of, you know, our education system when we're number 28 in the world behind a long list of 
you know, third world countries that are crushing us and we're spending 10x per capita. Like, you know, why don't we fix those problems first with our tech? Like, you're not a bad person for wanting that. And, and when I saw that disdain, it's just like, you know, that's, you know, some of the stuff that triggers me. You know, yeah. I, I too am not above being triggered, uh, even if I wrote the book about it. Like, it's that nonsense that you're just like, how do you get through that filter? You know, if ninety-three percent of the media about Trump is negative, despite unprecedented success, like there's literally not an economic metric where we are not better off today than we were under Obama. But you don't hear about it. You know, the the Democrat you know, debates. How do we take Trump's Twitter away? Like, why don't we address China? Like, they didn't literally didn't talk about China. Joe Biden says it's not a problem. Now I believe him because his son's on the payroll for a billion <laughs> five. Like, I, I get it. But like, the others don't believe it's a problem either. So with the, are we with, out of our minds? So with all that in mind, and talking about the filter, because you're talking about the way the mainstream media operates, and then the filter, we're doing this on YouTube. I know okay. you've talked a lot about are we still tech, on air? tech right censorship. Then. I don't know if we're still on air. I may have to say the guy's name at the end. I'm, I'm, I've been debating yeah. it this whole time because it seems like if we don't say it, in a way, I'm not going to ask you to yeah, say it, no, but, it's, it. but it sort of seems like if we don't, then we st- it's doing the reverse of I, what I, you're listen, saying there, right? I, like, I, I hate, I, I don't like to cave to anything again. I, you know, if, I was, if that was my demeanor, I wouldn't, but there are times where you're like, no, I get you. It's being a catch-22. You, yeah. you don't even want to go there because you don't want to give that person the platform because you know what the media will do and manipulate it. You know, so you know, I, I, I use, I talk a lot about tech censorship in, in the book because you know, I was, I've been calling it out. I mean, we've had this discussion you know, three years ago, not even on air, just being like, yeah. what do you do about this? Uh, you know, I use the, the example I use in the book, although there's numerous, was you know, I got taken down off of uh, Instagram for a post I did that was hate speech when I was just like, I was one of the first sort of blue checkmark guys mm-hmm. to be able to be like. Guys, like, I, I get, like, that you're running with this Jussie Smollett thing, like, and if it happened, you know, fry these guys. Like, yeah. th- there's no fucking place for that you know, anywhere in this country, like, not, not even a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, when it's on, within 30 seconds, it's on every mainstream talk show. Oh, my God, this obviously happened. I go, guys, has anyone, like, asked the question, like, do you really think, like, a really rich actor in Chicago on the coldest night of the year is going out at two in the morning to satisfy his craving for Subway. I don't know. Like, do, it seems a bit odd. Like, do you really think that two you know, white supremacists walking around downtown Chicago again in MAGA hats with a bucket of bleach and a, you know, a <laughs> noose made of twine, like, you think they're really roaming the streets of downtown? You think they'd live for more than 15 to 20 seconds without getting shot. You really think they magically thought that this guy would be going out at that same time. They just, I mean, they really had a premonition here. I'm like, has anyone like asked this question of like, it just sounds a little bit too obvious. Like, you know, Jesse may be a good actor, but he ain't a good writer. Yeah. Like it, it, it sounds- It's not a great actor. It, either, not a great actor. Well, by the way, do you really think that like these white supremacists were watching Empire? <laughs> Like, right. you know, I mean, right, I don't right, know. Right. Like, if you're a white supremacist watching Empire, I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it really caters to that audience. Like, yeah. you really know who this guy is? So I, I asked the question. I got taken down for hate speech and this and that and the other and YouTube. I put it right back. I'll be like, what's, I, like, I, I, am I not allowed to ask a question anymore? And it was interesting because I actually, I check my DMs. Not the people I follow, but like, you know, I'll just scroll through and see what people sure. are saying. And the amount of people, Dave, that took time. Uh, and I've done this a couple times when I've called them out or been, you know, 
deplatform where I see, you know, I had 57 million impressions this week, zero new followers. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, it, it, you know, Instagram, like, what's going on here? Twitter, yeah. like, what, what are you doing? And it sucks because you then feel the next like day, it's like back up to normal. Right? Yeah, like, you feel it, but like, you, someone has to call them out. Uh, you know, again, I'm just one, I'm that guy that's willing to do it. Like, hey, I, I get, it. I'm the son of the president. You know, we run a multi-billion-dollar business. Like, I got a lot to lose if I if I get this wrong. But like, someone has to have the balls to actually be like, I just want to ask the question. Like, and like the amount of people though, Dave, that reached out to me. I mean, they're writing paragraphs to my DMs. Like, like I realize like this is a one in a billion chance that you're even going to see this thing. But they're taking paragraphs. You know, here's a photo. They're taking video of their phones, DMing it to me. Be like, here's me trying to like your tweet. And I don't mean like some political outrage tweet, like tweet or an Instagram post. They're like. Here's the heart, lights up, mm-hmm. gone. gone. Here's the heart. Kimberly, my girlfriend, like, she's like, I've had to follow you four times this week. I'm like, you know, was I that bad last night? Like, did you unfollow me? Like, you know, <laughs> like I'm like, you know, she get a little spicy. Like, yeah. did you unfollow me because you're, you're mad? Like, she's like, no, no. Like, I, it, like, but they're reaching out and saying, you know, I've been locked out of my account for 24 hours for liking a post, which was, you know, your dad's post of him with his grandchildren. You know, not even the political stuff. And you see it, and it's like, one after the thousands and thousands. So I'm saying. All right. So going on the assumption that everyone watching this b- believes yeah. this, right? Like the Google leaker basically said that my channel was one of the ones being targeted. So I, I hear yeah. you, right? So then, so then I think a lot of people, conservatives, are saying, then why doesn't the government get involved? Well, I have my they, own they, they, thoughts. I think on they it. have to. I mean, these monopolies again. But know, is the it, risk? The, the, the problem is this: the conservative side has always done the free market. It's free market. I go, no, it's not. Because what they don't talk about is that those same platforms get so much protections from the government, you know, in, in terms of some of the, the hate speech. They, they, they basically get an insurance policy from the government. That so once you're getting that that policy, mm-hmm. once you're getting those benefits from the government, you can no longer say, well, well I'll listen to you, but no, you, not you. And so they're doing it. And the reality is, I think until I started getting vocal and calling some of these guys, now there are guys doing it. I mean, you know, Kevin McCarthy's calling it out in the House. Josh Hawley's doing a good job calling it out in the Senate. But the reality is. Honestly, most conservatives didn't even realize that this is an issue. And as I travel the country and talk to guys in the base, it's probably like a top three issue for them. Because they're saying, dude, if they can do it, I mean, I, I used the example last time. If they can do it to it. Donald Trump Jr. with millions of followers, if they can do it to the president of the United States, I mean, you saw the example I used last week. I was like, Donald Trump Jr. searching my handle yeah. in Instagram. Donald J. Trump Jr., pretty specific. Two million followers, and I share the name of the president. Him and I did not show up in the first six pages right, of the show. So it's scroll. just fake accounts, you know, I get Don Trump QPX underscore 7642 yeah. with one follower and two posts shows up in page one. And that the president, guy's funny, though. He's funny. He's Some pretty good. good. He's pretty good. He's going to be the next general in the meme wars. Yeah. Um, and, and it shows you. So, so those guys are finally starting to get it, but it wasn't even on their radar. So like, it's my job and your job to be vocal about it, to call out that hypocrisy. But, but are you worried, though, that then when you see these guys, all the progressives, yeah. go after Zuckerberg, let's say, yeah. and I'm no great fan of Zuckerberg, but, what, but basically what I watched in that hearing a couple weeks ago was AOC and Presley and the rest of them, they were basically saying, we can't uh, control speech because it's right. against the First Amendment, so we're going to force you to right. do it. Well, but it's and, not and just isn't Zuckerberg. That the, isn't that the fear, though? That, okay, oh, yeah, 100%. 100% but it, and it's not just Zuckerberg. The problem is this. The pervasive mentality over in Silicon Valley is so he may have 20,000 people that all agree with AOC, and they're the ones actually sitting there probably. He may not even know what the hell is going on because you have a, an army of people that all feel one way, that all believe, you know, free speech for me but not for thee, that all will more than happily, you know, tweak the algorithms, like I don't even know how much he knows, but you, you watch them, I mean, 
hey, like, he's not exactly right wing, and they're canceling him for not being crazy enough uh, to satisfy their goals. So the reality is we got to be out there. We got to call them out, and we got to hold them to task. We can't just say, okay, well, you know, I don't want a mean tweet from AOC. Like, who cares? But is the, is the fear that then you give the power to the government, and now let's say your dad loses, and now congratulations, yeah. you've handed the power to Elizabeth Warren, who would be more than happy well, and, and that's to the reality, shut us and that's down. why so many things, I mean, that's why, you know, some of the gun control argument, like you, you, you see, well, if someone believes red flag laws make sense, whether I agree with them or not, it's almost ir- irrelevant. You see within seconds, you know, Dave Sh- uh, Ben Shapiro put up the, you know, thing, well, if someone came to my door, I'd get, he, I mean, they had a sarcastic thing about, I'd bring a gun. You know, and Eric Swalwell at Congress. Yeah, this guy. is why we need it. He shouldn't be able to have. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, you take a pretty reasonable guy, not exactly an alt right guy, and though he's been painted as a Nazi, even though he's, you know, I guess, Orthodox Jewish, like, yeah. you know, you're going to say that that guy shouldn't be able to exercise his Second Amendment. Like, you can't trust the left because you know immediately they will weaponize these things. But there does need to be, you know, a dialogue. There does need to be checks and balances because you see. That censorship, and you see, hey, Trump utilized social more effectively than any human being in history in 2016, and you know what they're doing. It's a dry run for 2020. So I'm not why, saying they're so throwing him off the platform, but they're going to minimize his reach. They're going to you know, minimize who gets to see it, who gets to follow again. If I have people dozens a day saying, well, Don, I'm magically not following you, but I am following seven left-wing media sites that I didn't ever try to follow, that I've never even looked at. They're just appearing in my feed, not as sponsored links. But, you know, I'm looking, I'm like, I never followed them, but now I am. You can see it's a dry run to prevent them uh, and for to prevent him, to prevent the campaign, to prevent other conservatives, to be able to get their message to people who need it. Donald Trump played monkey in the middle with the media. He's like, I'm just going right over your filter, <laughs> yeah. you know, right over your heads and bring my message right to the people. And they're like, how can we limit that? We may not be able to eliminate it entirely, but how can we limit it? So then how is this not going to happen? I, I hear you. I agree. Well, I mean, again, listen, I, I, I'm going to keep being vocal about it. I'm going to keep holding a Congress on both sides to task. You know, if they're sitting on there floundering away, not actually, I'll call them out on it. Like I said, I'm not in this business right now in, in the long run. I don't care. Like, I'm just going to call out. I, hey, I've done it to other conservatives. You've seen that. Like, hey, like I see you on Hannity. You're complaining about X, Y, Z. But like, I don't actually see you doing anything about it. There's one thing sort of pandering to a base. Yeah. There's one thing sort of talking to those people, but like, you know, talk is talk, action is action, and they're two very different things. So you sort of make it seem like there's action here, but you're not doing shit. Like, I'll hold those guys to task even if they're theoretically on our side. All right, I got one more for you because I know you got a busy day today and we're, we're already over. Uh, but first off, I just want to quickly say, because I meant to say it at the beginning, that we did not discuss any of this beforehand, what we were no, going to do. No. You, your guys did not ask me, don't say this or talk about this I, or any, I, honestly, anything. Honestly, I really, I tried. You literally walked in, you were like, let's roll. Like, and I, I just think I, it's I important to I don't put preconditions on stuff like this. You know, again, there, there are people I definitely don't want to, you know, give a platform to because, uh, you know, I know what the media will then do with that. So it's, it's there's always a catch twenty two. But no, the reality is, and now I'm going to prove nothing it. off limits. I'm going to prove it now. You got one minute. I mean, are you going to get? Are you going to run? I mean, like at some point, does this all lead to you in 2024? You no. Know, right now, the reality is this. My my only focus for the next year is getting my father reelected. My only. I mean, uh, you know, again, unlike Hunter Biden, I, I'm walking away from our, you know a lot of our business. I, we we did that naturally, created an opening for me. I see what's going on. I'm the father of five young kids. I see the results. I want them to grow up in an America that we recognize. Okay, a lot of people have done that, man. I I, I get that. Like, you know, Trump 2020, Trump 2024, too, man. You know, in the book signings. I mean, I heard that two thousand times yesterday. No, yeah. no exaggeration. Uh, and I, I honestly, there's no greater compliment, uh, you know, from those people who believe that, who like, you know, perhaps what I'm doing or saying. 
the reality is I have no aspirations you know, beyond 2020 right now. That doesn't mean that doesn't change. I'm, I'm certainly not going to rule it out. I, I do enjoy the game. Uh, I do enjoy the game. Uh, I, you know, but I, like, I, I don't know that I'd like the day job right now. You know, I got to know I want that aspect of it, too. Now, you know, it is fascinating. It is incredible to see, like, these people. And, again, you know, I'm probably much more comfortable, and you've seen that, you know, in the Midwest, you know, in, in like, the Rust Belt than I am in, like, the New York City rubber chicken dinner <laughs> charity circuit BS. Like, I don't do it, like, you know, because I You're am a real hunter. I, do, I am yeah. a competitive shooter. Like, but, like, it, it sounds crazy because, again, I know where I'm from. I know who I am. I know I'm the, like, yada, yada, yada when they try to own me for that. But the reality is, like, I have so many of those. That's where I choose to spend my time. That's where my real friends are. So I hear that a lot. Uh, but you know, my biggest thing is making sure you get four more years because I think you can you can really change the course of this this craziness. And every day is yet another. I mean, I could write literally the addendum to this book today in the amount of time that you know, since this went to print, the amount of bullshit that has happened. I'm like, Jesus Christ! I could write like three books. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I do like it. I do enjoy it. I do love seeing the difference it makes. I you're, do you're love doing the hand motion right now. I got to do. I may have to do the Trump Cobra. Just to, yeah. uh, I, I don't want to. I guess that was a little Clinton esque. So I got to be careful yeah. with that. I'll, you know, uh, but uh, you know, I, I do enjoy it. But again, my, my only focus right now is 2020. Whatever happens after that, you know, uh, there, there's plenty of time for that conversation. I would never rule it out. But again, like I, I like the fight aspect of this game. I don't know that I'd like the day job. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens, but uh, you know, it, it has been an awesome ride. It has been an awesome journey. It was awesome to be able to, you know, put it in long form uh, in the book, mm-hmm. uh, you know, rather than just sort of, you know, 280 characters or less, or you know, the first half of that and 140 characters or less, because uh, you can sort of get your thought out. Uh, however, that's manipulated in the press. We'll leave it up to the readers right. to decide. Uh, you know, if I'm truly as terrible as everyone says I am, uh, but that never really mattered to me, as we've discussed. Good finish, and I'm pretty sure he just said he's running. It's at <laughs> yeah. Donald J. Hey, by the way, that's what they're going to run. I mean, that's what they're going to run. One of the right? guys did that after my convention speech. They're like, oh, my God, Donald Trump Jr.'s got to run. Like, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to rule it out. They go, he's running. I'm yeah. like, wait, like, because that's, that's cancel culture. I mean, if in yeah. 2016 I say, you know, yeah, I'm not going to do it, and in 15 years I change my mind, what a oh, oh he, you're a liar. You're, I, mean, you're, I mean, you basically committed perjury. I mean, you're obviously, you know, all this bullshit we've been hearing for the last couple. So I never want to rule it out because I know it can and will come back to be used against you in the court of public opinion. Uh, so I'm never going to rule it out. But uh, that, that was also definitely not the affirmative. Uh, you know, yes, it's obviously, it, it's in the works. But we'll talk off the record. Just kidding. At Donald J. Trump Jr. on Twitter. Thanks, man. Thanks, man.